years and been in a lot of worship services and not comparing one to another, but every time I come to the rock, I'm blessed by the worship. I pray that you'd participate, not speculate. Just, you know, sometimes we get in something and we're judging this and judging that. Just, just receive, okay? Just let the Lord minister to you and you minister to him and uh, Wonderful time in the Lord. If we didn't do anything else this morning, we've accomplished what God brought you here for, to worship him, to love him, and to uh, be in his presence. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. Some of you need to notify your face of that, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. My wife uh, isn't here because she just didn't want to come. Now, she gives a lot of excuses, but she just, she's got kids and everything. I, I like to give her a hard way to go. She appreciates it, too, I know. She's a good woman. We've been married, let's see, in the 24th, we've been married 50, 58 years. So I think it's going to work. We're, we're working on it, but it's, I, th- I think it's going to, I think we'll get over the hump, but... Um, you never know. Something could happen tomorrow, you know. But no, no, she's a good woman. The Lord has blessed me. Behind every, every man's a better woman. Did you know that? And uh, I just love it the way um, the, the little mamas around here take care of the babies, you know. Not harsh correction, just nurturing, loving, caring for. It's just really sweet to, to see that. Um, and so I just want to compliment the rock. The rock is the rock. Amen. There's no place like this. You believe that? I believe you do. That's why you're here. Because there's something here for you. There's something that you need. And the needs are being met as you come to the rock and hear the word of God. Every time I come, I hear an encouraging message. I hear a positive word going forth. And so I need that, and I appreciate that. So Jerry and I was talking a little bit before services, and Jerry having retired. His wife hasn't, but he has. And uh, I've retired, I think, 10 years now. And it's hard to make that adjustment from um, every week ministry to no ministry. You kind of feel like, I've abandoned God. There's no hope for me anymore. What am I going to do? And so uh, it's interesting that the Lord provides just enough ministry to keep me going. Just a little here, a little there. And so it's precious. You got your Bibles with you this morning? Amen. We're going to start with Galatians, um, chapter 5. Everybody know what's in Galatians, chapter 5? All right. We got got a guy over at our house. uh, We call him Bible Bob. And anything you mention, he's got chapter and verse for, and he can quote it. And the guy's got kind of an odd, he's bald, he's got an odd-shaped head. And I think that's what does it, his odd-shaped head. Because, I mean, this guy's got a photographic memory, and I, I can read something and uh, say, man, I'm going to retain that. And five minutes later, like, now where was that? What did they say? Did they say anything? You ever read a chapter and then they don't know what it was when you got done? I thought I was the only one. But, um, so what I want to deal with today, let's, let's read this first. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 19. It says, um, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, 
impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, and factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing. And if that don't cover, things like that. So we've got all our bases covered. The Witcher, I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. So what I want to minister to this morning is some self-control. How many have real good self-control? Can I see your hands? No hand. Oh, there's some hands. She's got self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit. What that means is, uh, as born-again believers, we have the Spirit of God abiding within us. And so this fruit is something that He lives out through us. It's not something we trump up or try to work up or, or uh, fake it till we make it, so to speak. But it's the Holy Spirit working within us. And so I want to talk about some self-control this morning. Um, has anybody ever struggled with anger? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that, that's uh, manifest in different ways. Sometimes it's a, it's a lashing out with harsh words and harsh actions, uh, sometimes even leading to violence. Uh, but then in other cases, it's something that's in, internalized. Nobody even knows you're angry. Uh, but boy, you're just cooking inside. Just one more, one more, and I'm going overboard on this deal. So we kind of internalize uh, this and don't exercise self-control. And uh, self-control is so vitally important. If we're going to represent Jesus, who lives and abides within us by the Spirit of God, then these gifts need to be evident through our lives to a world around us. We ought to be different, church, is what I'm saying. And we are different. Look around and say, man, you are really different. Look at the guy next to you and say, you are really different. Now, I'm not talking about looks either. I'm talking about we're different than the world. You know, Old Testament believers, for the mighty exploits that they did, the Spirit of God had to come upon them. We are blessed through the new birth that the Spirit of God lives and abides within us. So we don't have to trump it up. It's just there and flowing out of our lives. It's fruit that flows out of our lives. So I'm going to try to stick to my notes this morning, okay? I never do, but I'm going to try. Uh, verse 24 says, uh, Now those belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So crucifixion, I don't know whether you're aware of that or not, but it kills you. You're dead, dead to self, dead to self-will, dead to the flesh, which that means not your body, but the lower nature, uh, that nature that we were born with, separated from God, that Jesus has restored us to a right relationship with Father God through the blood. So we find that we have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, which means then we have the potential of self-control. Now, the question is, do we exercise that or not? Do we participate with the Holy Spirit in exercising self-control? It says that you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. And it lists the desires of the flesh there. And one of those we're going to deal with is, is self-control and anger. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17.
Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10. Now the heart is more deceitful than all else, and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind. So our heart, in our heart of hearts, we're talking about in our innermost being this morning, and not just surface things. Uh, you know, anybody can act happy, can't they? Anybody can put on a smile for a little while. But when the going gets tough, uh, then what's on the inside begins to show on the outside. Um, in this issue with, with anger, chances are you get angry with the people that are closest to you. Am I right? You'll say stuff to your wife or your husband that you wouldn't think about saying to anybody else. You'll act towards them like you would never act towards somebody else. You know, you go into public and you... You put on a happy face. We used to go to church, and my, oh, I wrung my arm on a socket trying to slap kids in the back seat. And you come into church with a smile on your face. Everything's fine. We're a happy little Christian family. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we put a, a front up. But what we are in private is what we are. That's where character, that's where this fruit of the Spirit is, is uh, developed and nurtured and strengthened uh, in those intimate relationships. Uh, oftentimes, um, I express anger in a, in a way that uh, you wouldn't even know that I'm angry. It, you know, the, the scripture says, be angry and sin not. So you're going to have opportunity to get angry, amen? With your loved ones, with your boss, with the guy cut you off in traffic, you know, the guy at the grocery store is rude to you or whatever. You all, we all have opportunity for anger, but that opportunity is an opportunity for the grace of God to be revealed through our lives. Am I going to return what I get, or am I going to give what I have in me, the Spirit of God? It's interesting, he talks about the, he searches our hearts and our minds. Now sometimes your mind will deceive you, but your heart will never deceive you. In our worship services, uh, it's, it's a, a time of worshiping the Lord, but it's also a time of soul searching. Uh, when we talk about it in the midst of the storm, when we talk about hard times, the Spirit of God is there. Uh, he is there, and He's searching our hearts to see if we recognize that He's there. Are, are we going to move out of our spirit man, or are we going to live out of the flesh? If we walk in the Spirit, we'll not gratify the desires of the flesh, the Spirit, the Word says. So we want to stick close to Jesus in the midst of this thing. Uh, our hearts are deceitful. You ever been surprised at what you've done? Gosh, I didn't think I'd ever do that. Well, I didn't think I'd ever do that again. But here I find myself right back where I was. And that's, that's pretty much defeating, isn't it? You think you've moved beyond things, but then... Here you find yourself caught back in it again. And so the Lord is, is, is gracious to reveal the, content, the cont cont content of our hearts to us. Now, a lot of times, my wife can see things in me that I don't see. I don't know if your wife tells you that stuff. Did you know? I had no idea I was acting like that. It was a surprise to me. 
But the Lord uses one another to, to kind of sharpen us, to bring us into line with the Word of God, because God is really searching our hearts and usually finds somebody that will reveal that. Is there someone in your life that you know of that just rubs you wrong, irritates you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He knows. He knows. That's my man. He knows some of them. Yeah. And you ever notice how often they come into your life? I got a guy who comes by the house and he says, I just want to be your friend. I just like to be with you. I want to be around you. And I go, I don't want you to be. And when he shows up, I said, tell mom, get out there and talk to him. I'm a coward when it comes to that. You know I just don't like the guy. Is that all right? I love him in the Lord, but I don't like him. And he just insists on being my friend. I don't want to be your friend. How do you tell somebody that? I'm still struggling. If you've got a good answer for that, let me know, and I'll... Oh, <laughs> well, I've tried that, but she won't cooperate anymore. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, she says, you're the man here. I said, well, I don't know. whatever, honey. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. You ever feel that way? Gosh, somebody pray for me. I need, I need some prayer. I need to get through this. I need to stop this nonsense of uh, being driven by, by the flesh, of being driven by anger bitterness sometimes. You know, anger just doesn't stay anger. It says, be angry and sin not. So there's opportunity for anger, but we can't let it, we can't nurture it, we can't allow it uh, to become bitterness and resentment in our lives. You understand what I'm saying? We have, we have to stop it at the start. You know, it's kind of like a close of the barn door after the heart is out, so to speak, you know. Um, so we need to be able to stop that by the Spirit of God at the onset. How many, how many have an issue with pride? Pride leads to anger. You can't talk to me that way. You don't have a right to do that. I'm really somebody, you know that? You need to respect me. I know you don't say that. But you ever know somebody with attitude like that? You know, they're, they're demanding uh, respect. Uh, they do no wrong. Uh, and then they say, well, you know, I'm just like that. Well, stop being like that then. Get in the Spirit of God. Trust the Spirit of God with it. You know, some people are just absolute idiots. And they act like idiots. But then they say, well, that's, that's just the way I am. When we got married, my wife's father was, was deaf, heard about 40%. I don't know what ears were, but about 40% he heard. So, so um, she was raised where there was no use with small talk because he didn't hear you anyway. And he controlled the conversation so he knew what was going on. So she come out of that home life and I want to talk. You know, I like to tell jokes. I like to clown around. I like to have fun. And she won't respond. I said, can't you talk to me? What about? I said, well, I've been talking to you. It's just small talk. I said, I need some. That's just the way I am. Now, we've survived 68 years like that, but she is changing. 
when we got married, she did not know what a sense of humor was. Literally, she, I'd tell good jokes. I mean, good jokes. <laughs> We're sitting around a table one day, and I, the kid goes, hmm, this meat tastes funny. I said, it should. It's clown meat. And she didn't know what I was talking about. Some of you don't either. <laughs> clown meat. you get it? Tastes funny? Clown meat? Okay. So I told her, I said, you know, if I got to explain this to you, it ain't worth telling this joke, girl. So... <laughs> So that, that, and then she says, well, that's just the way I am. And I said, well, it just can't be that way. We need to make some adjustments on this thing. And uh, so through the years, we've made the necessary adjustments, and uh, she tolerates me now, so it's good. It's good. But, you know, you can't just say, but, you know, I'm, I'm just a crabby person, or that's just the way I respond. You know, I'm sharp. I just tell the truth. How many have heard people say, I just speak the truth in love? Well, there's a way to speak the truth in love, isn't there? And there's a way not to. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit here. <clears throat> Anger is the most inappropriate response to unpleasant situations. All it does is make it worse for you. Have you found that out? It was bad to start with. Then you get angry and you display an attitude, and it makes the situation worse than before. Now, my wife, she'll get us, we're, we're going to go over here. And I said, I don't want to go. I don't like those people. I don't want to go. She says, we're going to go. Now, you guys have realized by now, sometimes the only thing you can change is your attitude about that. You just will get you an attitude adjustment and go with a good attitude because you're going to go. That's the way life is, church. That's the way life is. You just will get you a Holy Ghost attitude adjustment and face it in faith and go for it. Act like you're the head, not the tail. I'm not under these circumstances. I'm above, never beneath, always above in Jesus' name. Life is not going to drive me. But I'll walk through it in victory, in Jesus' name. Now, there's always opportunity in there. You'll have opportunity yet today, I'm telling you. You will. How many think I'm right about that? You're going to have opportunity to get angry today. Maybe before you get out of here. Maybe something's stirring up in your memory and heart right now. She said that to me. He said that to me. They did that. And all these things just continue pick and pull for our allegiance but we put them all under the blood, under the blood of Jesus. One of the things that really causes uh, anger and resentment in our life is unfulfilled expectations. Let me repeat that, unfulfilled expectations. How many of you, when you were going together, looked towards a relationship with great expectations? It's going to be this, and this is, oh, I'm going to be so happy. This is going to be so good. And then, uh, that ain't the way it is. Next thing you know, there's babies, there's financial issues, there's all kinds of things, in-laws, outlaws, problems, uh, rent, lights, heat, bills, cars break down. Unfulfilled expectations causes our hearts to be angry, to be resentful. You ever heard anybody say, why me, why me? Why not you? Why not you? Why me? Why does this always happen to me? 
My daughter was going through some difficult times. They uh, lost her house, lost her car, uh, represent all kinds of things going on. She said, we just can't catch a break. I said, you don't catch no break. You make a break. You make your own breaks. You rise above these things. In the midst of the trials, you, you pull close to Jesus, and you rely on his strength and his courage for you to see you through difficult times, to overcome anger, to overcome anger. Now, when I get mad, nobody knows it. I internalize that anger. Anybody here like that? You know. Now, if you press me, I'll, I'll, I'll come out of that, and, but you really got to press me. And then people miss out, oh, he's so gentle and loving. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not that way. I'm pretty, Kenan says, you are not. I said, I am too. The issue is the root. Uh, one scripture says that he's already put the axe to the root. As the root is, so the tree will be, so the plant will be. So I'm questioning, what is our root this morning? Is it the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit abiding within us? Or is it the works of the flesh? Is it lack of self-control? Is it lack of goodness and gentleness? Or is that our mainstay? Do we rely on the Holy Spirit within our lives? See, this isn't just a church game. This isn't a church game. I went to church and everything's fine. This is a daily grind of life that I'm talking about. What is your root? What is the very core of your being? What motivates you, drives you, keeps you, challenges you, and empowers you? The root. Our root is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Our root is faith and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is fixed on Him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Listen, He got you into this and He'll keep you through it. He'll build you, He'll strengthen you, He'll encourage you, He'll strengthen you. If you just trust him. Otherwise, you're prone to anger, prone to, to wonder. One of the songs says, My heart is prone to wonder. That's the flesh. The spirit is steady, solid. It's a solid root. It's a solid root. You know, the root is every plant has a tap root, it goes down deep within and taps into something different. Not just surface water, not just things on the top. When the going gets tough, when the drought comes in our lives, we have a taproot, and his name is Jesus. And he takes us deep within the Word of God. He'll give you revelation of the Word. The simple things that you thought you read and heard, he'll give you the depth of that, of what it really means. And in the midst of the storm, he'll bring the light and the life into your life. The root. The root. What is the root of our faith? Right here, the Word of God. The Word of God. Yes, sir. Yeah, most of the time we want to look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You know, a lot of times, brother, there's a, there's a root to that. Uh, whether it's in upbringing or whether it's in a relationship, uh, something has caused us to respond that way. Well, good. Well, just repent, brother. <laughs> just repent. Oh, my, my, my. Anybody relate to that besides me? I want what I want when I want it. Yeah, that's, that's good, brother. You know, that's honesty, you know. I like, to, I like to stay in control. I think we all do, don't we? I like it my way, you know. I don't want to go somebody else's way. I want to be my own man here, you know. I want, I want to do that. And, and a lot of times, for me, that comes out of insecurity, uh, Galen's father, being deaf, controlled a conversation so he knew what was going on. Well, that's a lot like us, isn't it? We like to control things because I like to be in control. That's just the lower nature in us. Uh, the Spirit of God says, uh, yield, uh, walk in love, walk in grace, walk in faith. When we find those attitudes rising, that's good, brother. That's honesty, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a control freak. I like, I like to be in charge. Is he right about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, she's a very gracious wife that she not just puts up with that, but loves him in the midst of it, you know. Uh, and that's why I say behind every good man's a better woman, you know. My, my wife deals with a lot of stuff. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Where was I? Thank you. Thank you for commenting there. That's good stuff. Good stuff. This root that's within us uh, is, is often displayed or revealed through our heart. Maybe nobody else knows what's going on, but there's something in here that motivates me to act like I act. This is not psychology. This is what God does in our lives. That if we, if we find the root, we can put an ax to it. We can stop it through repentance, which then changes our lives. Unless you repent, you shall likewise perish. See, we think repentance is a bad word. It's a wonderful, glorious word of grace for us. That we have an avenue to flush this thing, get it out of our system, and get on with God. And it's through repentance. First of all, we admit. We admit that I'm a sinner. That, that's the key to salvation. You know, we get a lot of people to pray to prayer that have never repented of their sin. You think about that? You know, I go to meetings and they say, well, how many got saved? Well, I don't know. You know, six people prayed the prayer, but how many got saved? I don't know. Because it requires repentance, recognizing that I'm a sinner and turning away from that sin. And that's true about our whole Christian walk, isn't it? When I miss it, what do I do? Well, I'm going to have a fit and whine and cry and fuss. And it's God's fault. He should have never put that in there, by golly. Nobody tells me what to do. Isn't it interesting? He doesn't say we're driven by the Spirit, but we're led by the Spirit. He gives us an opportunity to, to turn away from and to turn into. Sanctification is God's will for our lives. Sanctification is separating from the world unto God. And that's a work of the Holy Spirit to separate us from 
our self-desires, our will, our wants, our gotta-haves, and filling that with his desires, his word, and his presence in our lives. Are you following with me this morning, church? Because this anger issue is a big issue in the world today. Uh, you know, the things going on around, uh, oh, don't get me started. It makes me angry. You know, politics will anger you, won't it? You know, the way things are being run is, is you got to give it to Jesus. You got to give it to Jesus. Otherwise, it'll eat your lunch for you. We got to exercise self control. Self control. Now, what, what you're saying, brother, is I, I overemphasize self control. I want to be in control. But to do that, you have to control yourself. I'm not going to fly off. I'm, I'm, I'm going to deal with this. I'm not going to internalize it. I'm going to give it to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. And, that, and that's the way we deal with these things. We give it to Jesus. James 1.19. Let's go to the book of James. You know, I used to say I don't hear any pages turning, but most people don't have pages anymore. they got a telephone. It don't make no noise. James 1.19. He says, this you know, my brethren, but let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. How many want to be righteous? I want to be righteous in his sight. Well, anger doesn't achieve that. It don't happen when we're anger. It separates us from the presence of the Lord. It's interesting there. He says, uh, be quick to hear. How many of you are good listeners? Jill, is he a good listener? Yeah. Better than you. Okay, well, that's just good. Well, we'll get Y'all need some marriage counseling, do you? <laughs> you know, we, 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 were, we need to hear, uh, listen to what somebody's saying. Not just words. Listen and look for attitude. Uh, Look to hear what's being said between the lines. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Listen between the lines. Be a good listener. Be attentive. Look people in the eye when they talk to you. You know what makes people feel good? When you're talking to them, look them in the face. Practice that sometimes. It's kind of scary sometimes. But it, it, it really helps communication. My wife will say something and then I'll go, she said, did you hear what I said? I said, yeah, I heard every word. But I didn't hear every word. I got the general gist of it and thought I was okay. She says, you were not listening. And I had to admit I wasn't. How many of you got a, a, a problem with a television? Somebody talked to you and was like, are you talking to me? Yeah, I was. My daughter comes over. It makes me so angry. She comes over to visit and she sets with her cell phone. <laughs> Will you throw that thing away? Doesn't that aggravate you? Man, I gotta give that to the Holy Ghost. I gotta give I gotta turn that over, man. That's just whew. I you know, and and you know what is? I don't have the guts to say, Will you put your stinging phone away? 
See, I'm too nice of a guy for that. But I'm hiding that emotion. I probably should say it, shouldn't I? But I should probably say it in a redemptive way. I know that doesn't apply to anybody, but nevertheless. Oh, yeah, there, see, turn the TV down. When you want to talk, there's a key, turn the TV down or turn it off. Don't turn it off. That'll cause a problem. Or don't turn it to your program either. Now, I have, I have the advantage. My wife, she hates television. She hates me watching television. I don't know, hate. Yeah, that's a hard word, but she gets violent about it. <laughs> she is not walking in the spirit, I'm telling you. So we need, to, we need to be quick to hear. Listen to what somebody's saying. Listen to what they're saying. Listen between the lines. Slow to speak. Now, I tend to plan my answer before they're done talking. I don't know about you. I already got, she's saying something. I already got a good answer for her before she's done talking. And that's not what she's even trying to say. I need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. There was a guy in a church years ago, and you'd talk to him, and he'd look at you. And then he'd respond. And I go, what is wrong with him? And my wife says, he's just trying to respond right. Not with a quick answer. You ever give a quick answer that's wrong or hurtful? Snap back. We need to be quick to hear. Slow to speak, which then produces slow to anger. See, there's a process here. What time is it? 11, 11. At least it ain't 666, huh? Uh, we need to really work at being peacemakers. Husbands and wives. Uh, now, here's, here's the thing. What, what we are is being reproduced in our children. You ever, ever your kids say, why do you act like that? Because I see you acting like that. You know, we're producing that in the next generation. So what we want to do is raise a generation of godly young people that have self-control, that guard their mouths, that are patient, that are loving, that are kind, that display the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that will lead them to Jesus. That will lead them to Jesus. I, I thought, i got five kids, I thought... Um, that we had raised them all in, in godly. We had them in Christian school from kindergarten through graduation. Their daddy was a pastor. Their mama was a teacher of the word. And three of them aren't even serving God today. Now what's wrong with that? Somewhere, and I'm not beating myself up, somewhere I missed an impartation into their little spirits. Somehow I missed it with them. And like I said, I'm not beating myself up, but I, I want to encourage us to pay attention to what we're teaching our young people. You know, it's not a matter of, sit down, son, I want to teach you something. He's watching you. All little boys want to be just like their daddy. Little girls want to be just like their mama. That's free. That didn't cost you nothing. Free. Acknowledge. Let's, let's go through. I got four things I'm going to close with here. How to deal with anger. Now, anybody has a pen or pencil, write these down because you'll forget them as soon as you walk out the door. 
How many remember what was preached last week? Could I see your hands? One, two, three, four, five. Not a good average. We need some more. Come on, raise your hand. Okay, there we go. There we go. You know, we tend to forget real quick, don't we? In fact, I don't remember what I preached on last time I preached. Now, I know pastors that uh, they organize their notes and Every year they go over those notes and preach the same message on that date the next year. And I don't know what I preached last week. Sometimes I'm thankful for a bad memory. Because I don't remember when I'm wronged. I don't remember when someone offended me. I don't remember hurts. Not because I can't. I make a quality choice. These things will not affect me. They will not change me. They will not move me. I'm relying on the Spirit of God to guard my heart in these situations. So we're going to give the ABCDs of overcoming anger. And this comes from Chip Ingram. It's not original. Uh, Actually, if I preach the Word, nothing's original. It is all by the Spirit of God. So I'm just repeating what he said. So first thing that we need to acknowledge Acknowledge. Admit. That's the first step. I have an issue. I have an issue. Acknowledge that. Not like, well, it's just, just the way I was raised. That's just what I am. That's just who I am. That's just how I act. That's just No, I got a problem. I got a problem. And it's causing other people problems. So first thing we do is acknowledge it. The second thing we do is excuse me, do a background check. What is the root of this situation? Why does this issue just trigger such stuff in my heart? Why does this cause me such a challenge? What's back there? Now, I I have an issue with the low self-esteem. Anybody else in there got low self-esteem? Don't show your hands. Nope, I don't want to see your hands. Low self-esteem. You know, I think, where did that come from? Well, I remember when I was being raised, I was a sickly little kid. I know I, know I don't look like now, but I was a sickly little kid. And uh, in the hospital, I know we spent months at Cardinal Glenn Memorial Hospital while I was in there. My mom was so faithful to me, um, just sick all the time. But then she would say, my brother was a... A sports star, he was captain of the team, he was a letterman, he was all kinds of things, all kind of accolades in school. And she would say stuff like, now why can't you be like your brother, Donald? Why can't you be more like him? Well, I wasn't trying to take anything away from him. But you know what does? That's a root. That's a root. That's a root. He was a football player, so she'd, she'd fix him a steak dinner so he'd have protein for football. And I go, boy, I'd like one. She says, well, we already spent all our money on you, Donald. And what's that make you feel like, you know? Second-rate citizen, why can't you be like? You're not, you don't measure up. Now, that's not a big deal, and I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm saying that's the root of why I have low self-esteem. 
And I don't know what yours might be, but you need to locate that and deal with it. Put it under the blood. Put it under the blood. Because it tries to rise up and you have to fight it. You have to deal with it according to the Word of God and defeat that thing. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. You've got to talk to yourself and get your heart of hearts in line with the Word of God to defeat these things. There's sometimes I'm angry with myself. So I have to deal with the root of the issue. That's the be. Do a back check. Consider the cause as C, which we just did. Consider the cause. Deal with the cause. And determine the right response. All right, I recognize this. It's not good. How am I going to deal with it? How am I going to work with it? By the Spirit of God. There's a guy that ought to be working in the nursery right there. Look, I'm changing that little baby right in front of all of us. I'll close your eyes for a minute. Now, you know, actually men are good in the nursery. I remember one time I was babysitting. Oh, a little bigger than that. They was toddling around and my wife went somewhere and the little girl... Green stuff, upper back, all over legs. I'm going, oh my God. You know what I did? I put her in a shower. Just held her up in a shower. Got her all rinsed off, and I was cool. Clothes and all. <laughs> my wife says, what did you do? I said, I took care of the problem. <laughs> so there's, there's ways of dealing with stuff. There may not be kosher or the way everybody else is doing it but uh, find out how to deal with this for yourself and take it to the Lord in prayer prayer is one thing that we talk a lot about but we do very little of we talk a lot about well listen when somebody calls you and said will you pray for me you know what you need to do pray for them right then and there not I will pray for you, just pray for them. The people are calling us all the time with problems and issues. I said, let me pray with you. Otherwise, you've got to carry that thing around. Just pray and give it to Jesus. Roll, it over, roll all your cares and anxieties over on him because he cares for you. Pray. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. In everything, pray. That's how we... Uh, Get a right response to this thing to give it to Jesus. Now I can tell you all are getting tired of hearing me. You know, I don't remember singing in six hours. That's all right. I'm going to go on for another hour. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to see how you get mad and then handle the anger. No. So we're going to have a, a soft answer turns away wrath, the scripture says. When somebody irritates you, the best way to do it is give them a soft answer. It uh, defeats a thing, nips it in the bud. When your wife has ticked you off, give a nice, soft answer. And she'll say, huh, what a man of God he is. And she'll let you alone for a little while anyway. I'm just kidding. We have all the power within us, church, to defeat this flesh. To defeat this flesh. Jesus has defeated the world, the flesh, and the devil. They're all against you. Remember in the, the flesh, that's a lower nature that keeps trying to rise up and drive you and control you. 
Walk in the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Are you with me, church? Let's bow our heads for just a moment. We're going to take this to the Lord in prayer. And we don't need a show of hands or anything like that. But all of you that are dealing with, with anger, resentment, bitterness, there's, there's a root of bitterness. There's something that goes back to. Father, in Jesus' name, would you bring revelation to us today? Would you touch our hearts and lives with the answer to these issues that we've struggled with most of our lives, Lord? We want to be pleasing to you. We're looking to you now, the author and finisher of our faith. Reveal these things, and thank you, Father, you've already provided the answer in Jesus for us. So, Lord, I thank you for, as we sang this morning, the great escape. Yahweh has redeemed us from the curse of the law. We're under the blood. It's a blood covenant, a covenant that you won't break. So I thank you, Father, that you're working a mighty work in these hearts and lives this morning. That we have heard the truth, and the truth sets us free. So I thank you this morning we'll walk out of here free, and we'll stay free. The tensions of our heart is to do well. So, Father, we'll follow after the tensions of our heart. Cleanse our hearts and minds now in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm done. You're dismissed. Oh, you're not. I just want to say thank you to Pastor Don. If we can give him a round of applause. Great word today. So I want to close with a couple things. Um, he touched on freedom and self-worth, self-image. Um, this week I was, I, was at a, I was at a customer and I saw this sign I wanted to share with you guys in closing here. Um, it says, warning, reflections in this mirror may be distorted by things you decided to believe that are not true. Be deep, huh? So in listening to him, you know, that goes back to just reading about in Proverbs 28.1, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. So we, we, we can't run from ourselves when we believe our own lies. We have to know that we have the righteousness of Christ. And we have the right to stand before God. So I wanted to make sure that we're all in alignment with that. His word was perfect today with exactly what I was going to share. So thank you, Jesus, for aligning that. I'm just going to pray for us, and then we can head out of here, okay? Thank you, Lord, <clears throat> for bringing us here today. Thank you for just working your conduit through Pastor Don to bless us with uh, just a Holy Spirit word. And we are so thankful for the fellowship we have here and the body that we have. Just thank you, Lord, for your provision over all of our lives, that everything that we, that we touch will be blessed because he who knew no sin became sin for us. Thank you, Jesus, that people see you through us, that we, we have divine intervention through you, Lord. We just thank you right now, Jesus, for prosperity, hedge of protection, and guardian angels over everybody in this body and all of the people in this body and their families that extend from here. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Have a great day.